Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of a live stream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Melvin Gaines. We're going to get started with some music while we allow others to join us. Uh, we have a group here in church, but we also have others online wanting to join with us. I just want to praise you by Morette Brown Clark is the music for today. So here we go, and thank you so much again for being here today. Thank you for being here. Welcome to December 11th. <laughs> I know. Exactly two weeks away is Christmas Day. We having church on Christmas? I thought we were. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that means I'll be doing Sunday school at Christmas too. <laughs> Amen. That's right. What's that? <laughs> I can barely hear you because you're echoing. Oh, we are. For Roger? Oh, okay. Yeah, you might not like the offering you get, though. You know, just like when Charlie Brown during thanks uh, during uh, Halloween was getting uh, rocks, you might get all rocks. And this coal, coal is also in the shape of rocks too. <laughs> I'll let y'all have that private conversation outside of here. How's that? <laughs> Hey, Ronnie, good morning. Thanks for being here. It's like, what did you just walk into? I know. <laughs> Amen. Moret Brown Clark, I just want to praise you. That's the music. Amen. It's 
It's going to go higher than that. I don't think I've heard that many escalations. That's a... Good morning, Roscoe. <laughs> Amen. 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 Thank you for being here this morning. That was I Want to Praise You by Morette Brown-Clark. And we thank you again, uh, music team, for the music for this morning that we can listen to while we allow people to get settled in and get ready to uh, participate uh, listening to Sunday School. So we appreciate you being here. A um, couple of things I want to make sure that I mention as far as announcements go before we proceed with today's lesson. And I want to thank the, uh, the local audience here in church for being here this morning as well, too. A number of you who would be online are here today, which is really cool. So we appreciate you being here. Um, first of all, uh, we, we want to make sure that everybody is encouraged to stay here on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page. Facebook is our primary method of communication uh, as far as live broadcasts are concerned because uh, it's pretty easy to use. And I think that that's what we'll be hang hanging with for, for the immediate future. We'll see how it goes, but please stay tuned here online on, within the timeline of the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page and also our group page for church, which will be taking place at 1045 today. And that way you'll be able to see the message for today as well, too. And we encourage you to do that because I think that we just want to make sure that you get the experience of not just the recordings that we have done and we'll be doing, but making sure that you're participating in with our live audience as well, too. Uh, and being part of that. And of course, the best live audience is the live audience that's here in person in church. So if you're in Akron, Ohio, we encourage you to come to Akron Alliance Fellowship Church. And with that in mind, um, for those who are interested too, please remember your tithes and offerings. We are uh, very, very grateful and thankful for individuals who always want to remember how to give and worship with giving. Uh, if you are mailing your tithes and offerings, if you are not here uh, in Akron, you would mail them to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road in Akron, Ohio, 44320. That is the mailing address for that. Uh, and we appreciate all of your prayerful considerations when it comes to giving. Amen. That's what it is all about. We should always be praying about everything that we do uh, in the body of Christ. And that's one thing that we should be praying for, too. And we never ask anyone to give beyond what they're capable of giving or or give to the point where they can't pay their bills. That's not, uh, that's not being uh, very spiritual when it comes to fulfilling what God would have you to do. 
But we do want you to consider about praying what you can give and how much you can give. I think that's always appropriate to ask. Uh, we, don't, we don't take uh, attendance. We don't do anything like that. We just encourage people to give what they can do and according to what they can give. Okay. Um, with that in mind, we are now ready to get into Sunday school. We have got a very interesting lesson today. And, of course, John is, is the one, it's in the book of John, chapter 6. And there's three points that I wanted to make sure that we are considering as we look at this particular lesson. One, the, the end times, which we are definitely in. And I just as a reminder for those of you who don't really think about it as much, every day that, we go, that goes by, we're one day closer to whatever we call the end. And that's what we need to recognize, too. I also want you to consider the messenger, uh, the person who is giving the message in this particular passage we're going to be looking at in John chapter 6, verses 41 through 59. Of course, the, the messenger is Jesus and consider who he is and what he's what he represents to us. And of course, the message itself is very important as well, too. And when it comes down to believing, whether you believe or not, the message and the messenger. So those are three points that we'll be looking at here very, very uh, closely as we go through this passage. And it just seems as though when we look at John, John always wants us to see the opposition to Jesus in many different forms, in, in either communication or just in actions or whatever it is. He always wants us to consider the opposition. And you know why he wants us to consider the opposition to Jesus when we have these encounters? Because that's our world today. We have people who are opposed to Jesus Christ. We have people who do not want to follow Jesus. We don't have any we have people who don't want to have anything to do with him because they want to live in such a manner that allows them to do what they want to do. Alistair Begg made a very important comment in a recent message and he said something that was very, very uh, interesting. This is for everybody to consider, too. You can't believe the Bible in some places, but not in others. And the reason why you can't do that is because that means you're just not following the Bible at all then. If you don't take the Bible in its totality, 100% of its totality, and if you only pick pieces, parts out, and say that this is what I want to do or follow, well, you're not... You're not following God, you're following yourself. You're believing in yourself. Many people today would much rather believe in themselves rather than believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's a choice that people make. So we are to always consider, and I think I say this enough that you may remember me having said it already. For those of you who do not know the Lord Jesus, or if you have people in your family who don't know the Lord Jesus, pray for them every day. Every day. Pray that God speaks to these people. Pray that God will change the hearts of these individuals. Because you need to understand that we are in full-fledged war with Satan. And Satan wants to harm God as many ways as he can think to do and how does he do that? He attacks us. He attacks his creation. And we need to always consider that as we 
go forward, especially when you read passages. When you get deeper into the Old Testament, when the prophet starts speaking about what the Lord is going to do and what he is going to, what he promises to do, do you realize he's talking about the end times? He's talking about the time when he returns. And the time when he returns um, to judge the world is not going to be a very pleasant time. He's coming again, but our church, as it is written, according to what we read in Thessalonians, we'll be raptured out. We won't be on the earth, but there will be war in heaven. There will be a battle in heaven. If you read in Revelation chapter 12, you'll see that. So that's why we need to take the totality of Scripture as it's presented to us And note that God does not contradict himself in one way, shape, or form. There's no contradiction in Scripture. A lot of what we read about is in the end times. Jesus is going to be referring to that as well here too, as he does in Matthew chapter 24. Go back and look at Matthew chapter 24 and you'll see, and compare it to what you read in Revelation chapter 12 and Revelation chapter 13. That's a good homework assignment, isn't it? It has nothing to do with our Sunday school lesson. But look at Matthew 24 and then look at Revelation 12 and 13 and see if you see similarities as to what he says about the end. When the question is asked about what's going to happen, he reveals it to us, what's going to happen. And if we're believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have total faith in him that he is going to fulfill everything he says he's going to do. That's what faith is all about. Okay. Let's take a look at John chapter 6, verses 41 through 59. But we're going to go ahead and pray as we get started because that's the appropriate thing to do right now. Amen. Father, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your teaching, Lord. Lord, you reveal things to us the more we get into your word and the more that we ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us as to what we've read and understand. Thank you, Lord, for your teaching and your understanding. And Lord, we value the information we receive from those who look at books like Matthew and look at books like Revelation and and get their take on those things. But Lord, we want you to speak directly to us as to how we are to understand it. Because Lord, we're all different. We don't all learn the same way. We don't all hear things the same way. Lord, speak to us so that we hear you very, very clearly right now. And we thank you for how you speak to us and teach us as we go. Lord, we love you. We want to know more about you. And we give you thanks and praise. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everyone, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to John chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 41 through 59 today. 41 through 59. And this particular passage... The heading in my Bible for this particular area of Scripture is the people disagree (laughs) that Jesus is from heaven. That's what this message, this passage is all about. The people disagree that Jesus is from heaven. And guess what? If we're in this day and age, the people disagree about who Jesus is. They absolutely do that. One thing that you're going to find that's very, very consistent with what we read about in the Gospels is that a lot of the things that we see are things that we would see today if we just look around us. Look at our church attendance. 
well, not specifically our church, but all churches. Church attendance is going down everywhere, even in those churches. You know, we, we, we actually are using things like pre-COVID numbers and post-COVID numbers when it comes to church attendance. And church attendance is down because people have not been convinced that coming back to church is what they really want to do. <laughs> Plain and simple. They've splintered off. And it's not even that they're really looking at churches online as much. Some are, but not a whole lot of them are. And that means that because of what happened, and understand something about what happened, and I'm, I'm going to say this with all due respect to those who got sick, and maybe even those that passed on during COVID, you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. That was just a primer. That was just a, a way to get us more alert as to what's going on. And we need to understand that. We're just getting into it. And please understand that that is not in any way a prophetic message at all, what I'm saying. I'm just saying that if you read the Bible, that's where the prophecy is. That's where the message is. That's where the information is that we have. We ain't seen nothing yet. We're just getting started. It should alert us to do several things. What did, what did something like COVID teach us to do? Get our immune systems in order. Start eating right. Start getting our rest. Start doing the things necessary to stay alert and be ready. And stay focused on Jesus more and more. That, that's what it taught me. And I'm prayerful that it teaches you the same thing. That's what we need to be doing. Okay, let's, sorry for that. I just kind of got inspired. Just gonna, I'm going to go ahead and get into the passage now. In John chapter 6, verses 41 through 59. Um, let's start with verse 41. And this is where we need to see now how Jesus is trying to speak to the people who are having this dialogue with him. It says in verse 41, this is the New Living Translation. Please follow along in your version. Then the people began to murmur in disagreement because he had said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. Verse 42, they said, isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph? We know his father and mother. How can he say, I came down from heaven? But Jesus replied, stop complaining about what I said. For no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me. And at the last day, I will raise them up. As it is written in the scriptures, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. Not that anyone has ever seen the Father. Only I, who was sent from God, have seen him. Verse 47, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes has eternal life. Verse 48. Notice how short that verse is, but look at the emphasis. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever and this bread which I will offer so the world may live is my flesh. 
Then the people began arguing with each other about what he meant. How can this man give us his flesh to eat, they asked. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person at the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Now, have your patience, have patience in order, because I have to get back to this passage and explain exactly what Jesus is referring to. Because on its own, it, it looks like something really strange, of course, right? Verse 57, I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate the manna, but will live forever. In verse 59, he said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Now, it was important for us to even know where he was teaching this. He's in the synagogue. He's in the temple. He's in the area of worship. And supposedly that would imply that if you're in the synagogue, these are people who are supposedly followers of God. Or so they say. Amen? Because that's what we have to understand, too, is that you have people in churches today who may say they follow God, but they not, they don't, their actions, their behaviors don't convey that at all. Interesting thing about having faith in Jesus Christ. It's a very personal thing. It's a very personal thing. It's something that you know of personally. And guess what? No one else can guess it. The only way we know about the probability, and that's what I'm going to say, the probability of a person being a believer is by their works, by their fruit, by living according to the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. If we see those things out of you, it stands to reason that you believe. But guess what? There are other people who practice love and kindness and peacefulness, but they may not be believers. So we have to always keep that in mind. I know that a number of people here do know the Lord. Absolutely. No question about it. And you just learn that over time. You learn that as you observe people's behaviors. But, Always stay in prayer. If you have any sense, if the Spirit is giving you a sense that someone does not know the Lord, pray for that person. And don't stop praying. Prayer should be part of our lives each and every day. And all day long. And that's how we're to live. And that's how we're to use discernment. Discernment. That's a gift if you have it. But if it, doesn't, if it isn't like something natural for you, then you pray for discernment. That God will give you to it if you ask for it. Let's go back through the passage. People disagreeing that Jesus is from heaven. Remember what we talked about in, at the top of this lesson. Consider the end times. Consider the messenger. Consider the message. Do you believe him or not? 
Do you believe him or not? Now, when Jesus spoke about the last days, he did so in the previous lesson on verses 39 and 40 of this chapter. He also mentions it in verse 44, which we see down below there. For no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me. And at the last day, I will raise them up. And Jesus is always speaking over time about his coming, his resurrection. He'll speak about that as well, too. That he indeed is going to come. The resurrection is the essence of the completion of his work for us. What work was that? Dying on the cross. Dying on the cross for us. Shedding his blood for us, for our sin. He's always speaking under those, in those terms. And you have to understand that his paying the way and paving the way for penalty, our penalty of sin is eternal life. We could not have eternal life without this forgiveness of our sin and the shedding of his blood. He sits at the right hand of the Father. Lynn and I had a great study yesterday. We were in Revelation chapter 12. And what we, understood, what we had to come back to and look at is that Satan has access to heaven. He still has access to heaven. That has not been revoked. Not yet. And he is the great accuser. You'll hear that term used. He accuses. He is the accuser. What happened in Job? Satan went to the Lord and made accusations about who Job was. Job is a righteous man, but you can make him reject you or sin or whatever it is by the Lord by just allowing these things to happen in his life. And when you look at that passage and, and recognize it, God allows it. God allows it. Always remember something. God allows a lot of things to happen in our life, but it points back to what? His glory. His glory. Our purpose is to glorify God. Plain and simple. And we have different ways of glorifying God. But our purpose in life is to glorify God. We're blessed to be here. We're blessed to have life. We're blessed to be able to participate in His kingdom. In his kingdom here, his whole kingdom. But we're here to glorify God. Period. And when we go back and look at how God is speaking to us here, he wants us to know about how his body is being given to glorify God, but also to lift us up. It's all about salvation. When we look at John chapter 3, verse 16, we understand what God did. He loved us so much, He gave His Son for us. And in verse 17, it was not to condemn the world, but by through Him, the world would be saved. Always remember verse 17 on top of verse 16. 
there is going to come a place where God is going to judge us. Jesus is going to judge us. He's going to be the judge. He is the one who sits at the right hand of the Father and intercedes for us when Satan makes accusations against us. And if you're a believer, Satan will try to make accusations against all of us. Always keep that in mind. But God, Jesus is going to raise, he's going to be raised up in glory so that we will share in this glory. Sin has a way of ruining things. Sin would try to ruin heaven itself. We know that because what happened with the angels who rebelled against God. Sin ruins everything on earth and it ruins things in heaven. But there's going to come a place where God is going to purge sin from our very existence. And I'm very thankful for that. Every soul which is taught of God. Look at verse 45. As it is written in the scriptures, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from Him comes to me. And being taught by God, he was referring to an Old Testament view of the kingdom. Let's look at a couple of passages. Go to Isaiah chapter 54. Isaiah 54. And we're going to get back to those people who are murmuring in disagreement because we need to understand that we, we want to make sure that we understand that not everybody who hears your message about who the Lord is is going to respond in a positive way. I'm kind of telling you something you should already know, but ultimately we need to understand that. Isaiah 54, verse 13. Look what it says. Of course, Isaiah, being one of the prophets, he's writing, Then all your children will be taught by the Lord. Their prosperity will be great. And I'll just throw in verse 14. And you will be established on a foundation of righteousness. You will be far from oppression. You will certainly not be afraid. You will be far from terror. It will certainly not come near you. Now you have to understand something. What is he referring to? He's referring to the end times. Because you can't say any of these things today about the life we live. But he is referring to that time when that sin will be eliminated. That time is coming. We wanted to come yesterday. But that time is coming. Let's look at another passage real quick. Jeremiah 31 Jeremiah 31. And while you guys notice, you know, I'm using a Bible, actually a real Bible here to look at things because we want to make sure that we always have all our tools in front of us. Amen. It's great to have the electronic devices, but sometimes you have to look at two things at one time to get greater understanding of what God is trying to say. 
Jeremiah 31, verses 31 through 34. Interestingly, this is the passage in Jeremiah that refers to the new covenant. The new covenant comes directly from Jesus. Look, the days are coming. This is the Lord's declaration when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. This one will not be like, be like the covenant I made with their ancestors on the day I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke even though I am their master. The Lord's declaration. Instead, this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days. The Lord's declaration. I will put my teaching within them and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will one teach his neighbor or his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they will all know me from the least to the greatest of them. This is the Lord's declaration. For I will forgive their iniquity and never again remember their sin. What is he referring to? The end. Of course, the covenant is in existence. A covenant is what? A promise. A covenant is a promise. A promise that God is going to do all the things that he says he's going to do. Yes, we live in that promise today. But we live in that promise through faith. And only faith. Remember what I said before. Do you believe the message or don't you? You have to believe it. You should believe it. Say you have to. It's a good idea that you believe it. You should believe it. But you know what you have to do though? You have to pray that God gives you wisdom and understanding and teaches you as you go. Do you realize as you read Scripture over time, it gets richer and richer and things are being revealed to you even as you get older? I found myself reading back over Revelation chapter 12 three or four times over the past week because it, it was just speaking more and more. I wanted to know more and more about what God was saying. And this is where gentlemen like J. Vernon McGee come in handy. His commentary comes in handy to help give you understanding. But you know what? Even he acknowledges there are certain things that haven't been revealed. And there are certain things we don't know. But we have to pray for God's wisdom. That's what teaching is all about. Teaching is about being a good student. Sitting and waiting for God to speak to you. And pursuing Him. And asking, you know how you ask questions in class when you don't understand something? Or maybe you go up after class and start talking to the teacher because you want greater understanding? That's what we should be doing. And not just in church. Amen? At all times. That's the kind of wisdom you want to go after. Let's go back to the top, John chapter 6, verse 41. Then the people began to murmur in disagreement because he had said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. First of all, they had a hard time believing his claim because it was a claim of divinity. Anytime someone elevates themselves back in that day, 
There we were people are wary of people who were false prophets and false teachers. And so there was a sensitivity to that back in the day. I will give them credit for that. There are a lot of false teachers. Are you sensitive to the false teachers that are out there today? Do you realize that the things that we read about here in scripture, when we say nothing new is under the sun, no, there is nothing new under the sun, that's exactly right. Because every church that calls itself a church is not worth going to. Not every church that calls itself a church is worth going to. I didn't have to say that correctly. Because that's not what I said. The, <laughs> that's not what I said the first time. Not every church that calls itself a church is worth going to. Clarification. Okay. And you have to understand that they didn't want to believe that Jesus was God's divine son. They didn't want to believe that they couldn't tolerate his message. Where is he teaching? In the synagogue. In Capernaum. Couldn't tolerate his message. But if they would only realize it and go back and look at what Scripture had said, what the, the Old Testament prophets wrote, the Messiah was standing right in front of them. But even the Old Testament prophets would say that Jesus would be rejected. They knew. They were aware of it. Many people reject Christ because they say they cannot believe He's the Son of God. Many have called Him a great teacher. Many have called Him a prophet. Many have called Him this man that lived on earth, whatever it was. But at the end of the day, He's the Son of God. The demands that Christ was making for their loyalty, their support, their belief, they couldn't accept it. So, rather than believe the messenger, remember what I said, the messenger? Rather than believe the messenger, they'd much rather believe in themselves. They'd much rather believe in themselves. Drop down to verse 44. And this is after Jesus has stopped complaining about what I said. For no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me. And at the last day, I will raise them up. Where do we get salvation from? One place. Believing in Jesus Christ. There is no other way for us to be saved. There is no other means for us to be saved. Where have all these people over the time come up with these different ways? It's almost as if they're going... You're deliberately making a detour around Jesus Christ and finding something else to say that you get saved. He's right there in front of us. Salvation comes only from Jesus. And God pursues us. Have you noticed that? How God pursues us? He's been pursuing us. He's been coming after us. But... Because of free will, we can decide whether we want to believe him, believe the message, believe the messenger, or not. 
But understand something. In our fleshliness, we don't have the capacity to believe in Jesus. Who has to help us believe in Jesus? None other than the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has to speak to us about believing in Jesus. He has to give us information to help us to make a determination that we cannot live without Jesus. But He has to show us this. He has to give us faith. Faith is a gift from God. Have you ever looked at, that, looked at it that way? Faith is a gift from God. We don't have faith in our fleshliness. We can't have faith in our fleshliness. The only thing we have faith in is ourselves when we're fleshly. And that's why we sin. The sin has everything to do with doing what? Pleasing ourselves and our fleshliness. Well, that's anti-God, isn't it? So we have to recognize these things that we can't believe in Jesus without God's help. Amen. We cannot believe in Jesus without God's help. Look at all the stuff that Jesus had to do because he loved us. Born as a human, lived for 30 some odd years, was in ministry for two or say three of those years, died on the cross for us. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. That's all part of prophecy, everyone. Dividing up his clothing, casting lots, all these things that were prophesied the Old Testament prophets gave us information to tell us that there was a coming Savior. And that Savior was for Israel. It was for us, the Gentiles, as well. But ultimately, it's going to be for Israel. When God says He loves Israel, He's being very deliberate about loving Israel. A small country a small group of people compared to the, the totality of the world, their enemies all around them. But Israel is part of end-time prophecy. End-time prophecy. Our church, prayerfully, is raptured out. But Israel will be around but all kinds of things are going to happen to Israel. So I don't want to veer off too much here because, boy, if I did that, this would be like a two-hour Sunday school class. I don't think they'll allow that today. But let's just keep in mind that we're going to get in verse 45 in John chapter 6. As it is written in the Scriptures, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from Him comes to Me. Not that anyone has ever seen the Father, only I who was sent from God, have seen him. Now this is a pretty heavy-duty talk, everybody. It's going to get really good now. Verse 47, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes has eternal life. Eternal life. And when Jesus is saying this, you have to understand something. 
he is saying believes. Of course, he's meaning the one-time occasion of believing, but he also means here continues to believe. Continues to believe. We don't believe just once. We have to keep on believing. We have to keep staying after it. Of course, the one time we do believe, He gives us eternal life. But we're not doing the believing over and over again for more and more eternal life. You can't get more and more eternal life. It's the same thing. But He's challenging us as believers in the world that we live in. We're in Satan's domain. What do you have to keep doing? Believing. How do you believe in the Lord continuously? Prayer. Continuous prayer. It's not like you'll say, Lord, I know you heal everybody, so go ahead and do it. No, he wants you to pray specifically for people who need prayer. Specifically. By name. Now, he knows everything and he knows your heart, but he wants you to pray specifically. That's an ongoing belief structure in your life. It's not like, okay, I got saved, one and done. That's not how you're supposed to live. That is not what we should be doing. Believe continually. Continue to believe. Verse 48. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Verse 50, anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. Let's talk about this manna. The religious leaders were always trying to get Jesus to prove who he was. Prove that he was indeed the person he said he was. He was. You understand something. If somebody has to keep proving to you over and over again after you've seen what God has done, what's up with you? Are you having trouble believing who God is? I don't need God to convince me or prove to me that He is God because I believe that He is God. He has done great things in my life in my wife's life, in my family's life, he healed my dad. I don't need convincing. I don't need to I'm not one I don't want to be the one who's accusing God of not being who he is. But that's exactly what they were doing. And here's the thing, they tried to take credit these guys were that Moses was the one who had given them the manna in the wilderness. Moses didn't do that. God gave it to him. You, you can read that account in Exodus 16. But God is the one who gave the manna. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He is the bread of life. He's the one that provided the food. It's interesting how this bread thing is coming up again. Because a lot of them had witnessed the, the miracle when Jesus fed the 5,000 with the bread, feeding of the, feeding of the people. So that is a sticking point, obviously. Now look at verse 51 in John chapter 6. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread 
will live forever, and this bread which I will offer so the world may live is my flesh. Man, I am running out of time. I can see that right now. I'm looking at this the time here. I have a feeling I'm going to have to pick this up next week. Some of this passage because it looks like I want to get to this thing about this eating of the flesh. I'll give you a hint. We have to understand that the flesh that he's referring to is the flesh that he gave upon death. It's not a cannibalistic thing. That's how some of the people were interpreting this. But we'll talk about that more next week. The flesh that he's referring to when he talks about eating his flesh and drinking his blood in verse 56, that's when he gave gave his life on the cross. He had to die for us. That's the flesh he's referring to. Now, the people who were questioning him, of course, they were in left field. They didn't get any of that. And that's what challenged, I think, some of his other believers. Because if you go further in this chapter, some of them will walk away from what he had to say. How about you? Do you believe what Jesus is saying? He's talking about the end, as we know it, that's coming in the future. He's the messenger. He's giving us the message. Do you believe him? Or don't you? That's a choice you have to make. But understand something. Without the Holy Spirit, you couldn't even have a choice. You would go the other direction. But God loves us so much, He wants us to hear His truth He wants us to understand how much He loves us. He wants us to embrace the fact that He did all of these things for us. Sits at the right hand of the Father and intercedes for us. Satan, the great accuser, always has something to say. Pray that God will ultimately protect you and keep you in this day and time. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you again for your teaching and your truth. Lord, we rely upon the Spirit over and over again. And we thank you, Lord, that you indeed teach us with your very presence. Lord, enlighten us as we continue to reflect upon your word, hear your word, read your word, study your word. Lord, teach us more and more. Thank you for what you have done for us. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for us. Thank you for giving of yourself so that we may have eternal life with you. Lord, bless us as we go forward. Bless the upcoming message. Bless the speaker. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining me for this edition of Live Stream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship. We will be back next week to pick up (laughs) because we... Couldn't finish here today because there's so much here that's so rich that we want to get to. But we hope you join us again next week. Take care of yourselves. God bless you. Stay tuned uh, online here for our live church. And we appreciate you very much and we'll see you next time.